0: Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I will be speaking with Bina Kim. Bina is an expert communications consultant with over a decade of experience working with financial service brands, including RBS, American Express, BBVA, Compass, and Lord Abbott. She has also helped major tech companies target the financial services vertical, working with firms such as Oracle, Intel, and AT&T. As a multi-channel integrator communicator, Bina thinks holistically about how brands can leverage earned, owned, shared, and paid media to achieve results. From international advertising campaigns to targeted media relations, Bina is a channel agnostic and focused on the end objective. Bina was named a top woman in PR by PR Week in 2020. She was also named a PR Pro Under 40 by Bulldog PR Awards and Business Role Model of the Year by the Women World Awards in 2019. In 2018, Bina received a Stevie Award for Female Executive of the Year. In 2017, she won Business Intelligence, Public Relations and a Marketing Excellence Award. Bina, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today?
1: Absolutely, and I'll try not to bore you with the uh, with the entire life story, but um, you know, whether by design or by accident, I think I've been really fortunate to have found great people who've guided me to, to where my career is today. And funnily enough, I actually wanted to be a journalist, so when I was starting out my career, I was doing a lot in newspapers and in broadcast, and um, somehow I ended up doing marketing. At a financial services firm called Merrill Lynch, uh, if you know Merrill, and um, what I realized pretty quickly was that I enjoyed financial services, um, but I didn't enjoy working for a giant company. So um, I ended up joining a really small company at the time. It was a small agency also focused on finance, and that's where I met um, my current business partner today, who uh, I ended up joining up with to start Invested. So. I'll say, you know, it definitely wasn't intentional, my ending up in the world of finance and fintech, but I am really grateful to have done it because I think what a great time to be in the space that we're in today.
0: That's awesome. Um, so what, in, what enticed you with financial services? What was Is there like one spark that you had that uh, comes to mind?
2: Yeah,
1: you know, I will say I've always been a nerd. (laughs) You know, I think, uh, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, thought I was definitely for sure going to end up being some sort of like newspaper columnist or of some sort, but I'm totally a nerd. I'll geek out about anything, sci-fi, you know, books, you name it. And the thing about financial services is it's really complex and it's constantly changing. And, you know, I've obviously been there for like, you know, post dot com bubble burst and the 2008 recession. And then of course, you know, the current environment as well. And finance is one of those industries that's always going to be there. It's been around um, throughout the history of entire civilizations that's critical to, you know, how countries and economies function. It's really important. Um, And so what I've loved about being in financial services and fintech is seeing how it's evolving to meet customers where they are and and what people need in their lives right now, whether it's to save, spend, invest for companies to function, to get capital for small business. I think it's always there. And I also think it's really misunderstood. And I love the fact that part of my job is helping companies make their stories better known and to help make what they do more helpful for the consumers they're trying to serve.
0: That's great. Um, I, I still think there is definitely a connection between technology and finance and so you know thus comes you know fintech but, um, but there is that personality of liking to geek out and being a nerd. I feel like I'm the same way um, but You know, I think finance, uh, we see a lot of CFOs go into technology and become, um, you know, CTOs. So I think there is definitely that connection.
1: Absolutely.
0: So as you know, this podcast is focused on bridging the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. What are you seeing in the fintech industry currently?
1: You know, I'm happy to say that I think, you know, some strides have been made, but um, I think women are still underrepresented in fintech. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you look at some of the trends, I think, you know, it's not exclusive to fintech, obviously. I think it's, you know, probably an issue with tech overall is that Mm -hmm. female founders receive less funding than their male counterparts. I think there's a lot that's been written about, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, tech bro culture. And I don't think that's limited to Silicon Valley. I think FinTech um, still has um, a reputation for what may feel like an exclusionary culture to to women. And I don't actually think that's deliberate. I I think, you know, there were a lot of um, male founders that came on the scene. I think um, the way some of these firms have started up and, you know, they're being still, you know, Quite a majority of, you know, men in the sort of tech and engineering and development fields, it's whether for better or for worse, I still think there is this this bro culture that exists and can feel really unattractive to to women coming up in the industry. And so, unfortunately, um, I would say within FinTech, while, you know, a lot of progress has been made, I think that we still have not done enough to make the fintech industry more inclusive of women both at the leadership level and at junior level as well.
0: Yeah, I think we see that all around in technology and fintech is really no different. Um, so since gender diversity is critical for business, we know that with you know diversity and inclusion that we've talked talking about these days. How do you see a woman's role as a growth strategy for fintech?
1: Oh, it's so important. You know, we talk a lot about the women's economy and, you know, women drive the majority of consumer purchasing. I think it's something like 70 to 80%. Um, women control over a third of household wealth. That's more than like $10 trillion today. And um, I think that gender diversity is important because for the companies that don't bring that into their firms, they're leaving a ton of money on the table. And I don't think it's, because you know people are getting into boardrooms and thinking, "Okay, our products and services are more for men than women it's It's actually unconscious bias that I think is creeping in and Um, it's creating a sort of gendered lens through which people are thinking about how they talk about what they do, what they call their products, um, the colors that they choose to use, what avenues they choose to market their products and services in. And so to me, it's not even just about, oh, we need to create more services for women. I think there are actually really great FinTech platforms out there that are catering towards women's needs specifically, like Ellevest, for example. Um, But to me, it's actually about firms need to take a good hard look at, are we positioning our products and services to be inclusive of all the potential constituents out there, whether that's women, it's minorities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think that we can't afford to be excluding these really critical services to everyone who needs them, especially considering the purchasing power that women hold today. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think, um, women should leverage their uh, strengths in this area, especially, like you said, being, you know, making 70 to 80% of purchases and also being responsible for household wealth. I think they should leverage that in fintech as much as they can. Um, So technology is so fast-paced. And, you know, I always say when we hire people that, you know, you have to have a sense of urgency. And I don't know that that really describes the industry or our business as much as, you know, a very, very fast-paced nature. How do you handle this fast-paced nature of communications?
1: A lot of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny. I'm... um, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mom of three, and I work in a field uh, that demands, um, I would say, like an always on approach because communications, as you know, never stops. It's happening 24 7, especially thanks to social media. Anything can happen at any point in time. Um, I think that one thing that helps me is I'm pretty good at staying calm when they are pressure. Um, I think, you know, our clients hire us because problems are going to arise, brand issues occur, something breaks on social media or in the news, and crisis is always right around the corner. And I think to be in my field, especially in financial services and fintech, um, you have to be ready for for every new crisis. And I always say, um, one, every day is a new day. So you've got to wake up each day and know, you know, you don't really know what's going to happen that day, but you just have to be prepared. Um, I always say, I think, you got to be a good problem solver, and I love to be a problem solver. That's the inner nerd in me. But um, sometimes things look like Gordian knots, and you just have to work through the issues. Um, but also, I've got to prioritize, and I think for you know any women who are listening to to this podcast, and you know if you're a mom, you know this. It's really hard because you've got to prioritize all the time, right? And in a COVID environment, it's like you're making a decision between I'm recording this podcast right now with you and my kids are remote schooling and they're trying to get onto their Zoom and you know running a business and trying to make sure to take care of my people and my clients that you got to make decisions every single minute about what needs to be done right now what can wait and being able to forgive yourself for the stuff you can't do and i think that's really important and i think My ability to problem-solve on the fly, be forgiving of myself as much as I possibly can be, staying calm under pressure helps me cope with not only the fast-paced nature of what we do, but also the COVID environment, which I'm sure everybody who's listening can probably relate to. Yeah, I think you hit on very important things,
0: you know, uh, prioritizing, forgiving yourself. And another thing I think of is just be in the moment. You know, you can't do everything all the time. So put your focus on what you're doing, do it well, and then move to the next thing. Because sometimes as women, we try to multitask and try to do everything and our minds are racing about that next thing, you know. So really to stay focused is important as well.
1: Absolutely.
0: So um, you mentioned a little bit about COVID. Um, Let's let's talk a little bit about how how organizations in fintech are adapting to COVID and then uh, how does communication and storytelling help them grow and thrive, you know, because they have to be thinking outside of the box, be innovative. So what are some of the things that they can do to continue Hmm. to grow and thrive and how are they adapting?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think what, this pandemic has forced us to do. I mean, it's forced us to do a lot of things, but I think it's forced us to confront our own humanity. You know, I think whether it's the fact that, you know, depending on where you are, you might still be in quarantine and you're also watching the news and seeing what's happening, rising cases, vaccine rollouts. It's a really um, forceful reminder that we are all mortal human beings, that, um, you know, we get onto these Zoom calls and you're suddenly not doing a meeting in a conference room, but you're looking into the person's life and their house and their environment. And we're all coping um, with the situation. And I think for FinTech companies and probably for companies overall, um, it's a really good reminder that, you know, your customers are not just paying you money. Your customers are human beings with needs and, I think every brand, you know, when the pandemic hit, I don't think anyone had like the perfect playbook for, okay, what do we say, what do we do? Um, For some companies, perhaps it was, okay, we're gonna pivot to making face masks, for example, or helping frontline workers. Um, But in FinTech, I think a lot of people have had to, to think about, okay, what do we do? And how can we help our consumers based on their problems? And in financial services, I mean, This economy is really challenging. There is still a really high rate of unemployment. You know, a second round of, you know, stimulus checks are going out and people are really suffering. And I think people have never needed a way to deal with their money issues more than ever before. And I think fintech companies, um, what they have been doing and what they should be doing if they aren't already is figuring out how can what we do help people cope in the environment that they are in. And for some companies, it's been loan forgiveness, for example, especially in like lending fintech. I think for some of the more personal finance apps, it's trying to coach people on like, okay, here's how you can make every dollar work harder for you right now. Or here's what, you know, things that you can do to go negotiate that rent because you can get rent forgiveness. And I think every fintech company does have a duty of care to their customers. And I don't think that's ever been as apparent as it is right now. And I actually think it's a really important reminder for us in financial services and fintech, that what we do is important and money is so meaningful to people that we have that responsibility to treat our customers like real human beings with real human needs. Um, And I think from a communication standpoint and a marketing standpoint, we have to show that empathy and show people we're there for them and to be listeners, you know, not just peddling product, but to really even refashion what we're doing so that we can add more value into our consumers' lives. Yeah,
0: so important to have that empathy, put yourself in their shoes, understand what they're going through, and then pivot your business to try to help them and show them new ways, you know, to survive and th- thrive. So that's really, really great advice.
2: Stay tuned for the rest of today's interview after a brief word from our sponsor. Are you an expert in your field? Are you a woman who values thought leadership? We'd love to have you join us as a guest on an upcoming episode of Tech in the Right Direction. Visit us at directionstraining.com forward slash podcast to apply today. While there, be sure to check out Directions Training's newest initiative, the WIT Cloud Power Scholarship for Azure Fundamentals certification. This year, we have offered 100 scholarships to women for the Microsoft Azure Fundamentals training course, Valued at $950 per student as an opportunity to start their pathway to becoming a Microsoft certified professional. Help us continue to drive social change and the advancement of women in the technology industry.
0: So, let me ask you what's your proudest professional moment? (laughs) (laughs) Can you describe it for us? Paint us the picture,
1: tell us the story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know, I. It's hard to pinpoint one moment, I'd say. You know, um, I started Vested. So Vested is um, an agency I co-founded with um, two of my co-founders over five years ago. And um, we started it not on a whim, but based on a conviction about what we thought marketing communications could be for financial services. And um, when we did that, I was... Uh, three months pregnant I just found out I was pregnant with my second child and there was a lot swirling around. And for me as a woman, I was thinking about, you know, being a working mom and a working, you know, executive, you have to make sacrifices, right? I always say it's like the decision between, do I stay for this meeting or do I make it home for dinner? Mm-hmm. And it's these almost impossible choices you're, you're making and you never want to fail, your team or your employees and you certainly don't want to disappoint your family and these impossible choices you have to make every day. And at the time I was thinking, if I'm going to make this kind of sacrifice, I'm about to have my second child. Who am I doing it for? I want to feel good about the sacrifice that I make and that if I'm making the sacrifice, that that sacrifice is impactful and appreciated and not just something I'm doing for, for someone or for a company that doesn't really care. And um it really forced me to confront my career, my situation, and also my conviction about my own talents and abilities. Um, Because at the time I was an executive in this firm, Uh, my co-founders and I were working at this firm together and we realized, you know, what if we really feel strongly about the type of culture we wanna create in an agency, the type of business we wanna run, we can either stay here and just be employees, or we can go off and do it on our own. And so, to be honest, I always call it like it was a Jerry Maguire moment. Um, I was three months pregnant and I just up and quit. I just up and resigned and I had no business plan. Um, you know, there wasn't a real sort of uh, like, you know, thought process behind, okay, what are we going to do now? We did it based on instinct and conviction. You know, I think when any, any person who's thinking about starting their own company, it's, completely terrifying. It's like staring every one of your insecurities in the face, right? It's like, am I good enough to do this? Am I strong enough? Um, What if I fail? Um, What if no one cares about this? How am I going to make money? Can I support my family? Um, And you have to look at each of those things in the face and then think, can I do this? You know, Can I do this for myself? And I am so incredibly proud of not only myself, but my team, because um, not only do we do it, but we've somehow managed to build one of the largest financial services agencies in such a short period of time. And to see that come to fruition, in spite of all my fears and insecurities, makes me incredibly proud. And I I have to say, I am so fortunate to have had such great co-founders and such an incredible team to have made vested what it is today. But it is literally like, my baby. It is one of my children. And I am so proud of, you know, how far, how far it's come. And, you know, I think everybody can probably relate to this, but I mean, 2020, what a year, right? I think it has really tested everybody's personal fortitude and it has been really sad to see so many small businesses go under um, because of what's happening around us. And I have to say, I am really proud of my team's resilience that they've shown in these Incredibly difficult circumstances, and I think 2021 is unfortunately probably still going to be really challenging. I am so proud not only of the company, but I think the fortitude that people have brought um, brought into the firm. So I will say I'm, I am so proud of of them and everything we've done together last year.
0: That is awesome. That you should be proud. That's a lot of hard work, a lot of passion, a lot of uh, due diligence, a lot of planning. That's just, you know, really shows who you are and your team. So you should be very proud. I love um I love the story because, you know, when you're asking yourself, can I do this? Can I earn mm-hmm. a paycheck? Can I pay the bills? It's like clear as mud <laughs> because I was there. <laughs> At one point I'm like, Okay, so I can tell myself anything, but I really don't know. <laughs> the right. answers. Exactly. So but um you know, kudos to you for starting Vested and you. growing it to, you know, one of the largest fintech companies, but also, you know, putting in that persistence and grit. I love to call, I'd love to talk about grit because you need grit in order to get to where entrepreneurs can get to, you know, every day because there's so much work, so much stress, so much risk. But great job. Great job.
1: Thank you. So who
0: inspires you and
1: why? Oh, you know, um, it's going to sound so cliched. No, that's fine. <laughs> but um, I have to say my parents really inspire me. You know, you talk about entrepreneurship and grit. And, mm-hmm. you know, my parents immigrated here from Korea Um to you know the classic american dream and, and build a better life and you know my mom always tells me she sold her wedding ring um to like get the money and when they moved to america my dad's first job was as, like a dishwasher in a restaurant and my mom got a job like in a factory and this is mind you like my dad graduated from the equivalent of Harvard in Korea with a degree in psychology and here he is in america washing washing dishes mm-hmm. and um, but he did it because he wanted to do something for himself and to create a better life for his children. And um, they saved the money. They started their own business. So they became entrepreneurs. at the same business they're running today. And it gave me so much appreciation for um, how you achieve success. And I think seeing them struggle I think you realize, you know, success really doesn't happen overnight. You know, I think I always say this to people, like, you get really um, sometimes delusional about how entrepreneurs succeed, right? Because you see all the success stories. You see Mark Zuckerberg, and you uh-huh. see Elon Musk, and you see these, like, young young people who've made lots of money building these companies, get tons of funding, and off they go. But what you don't see is just the, <laughs> just the legions of failed experiments, of ideas that never make it, make it off the ground and people who never get the funding, who end up having to quit their dreams and, and go back to, you know, finding a job just to pay rent and entrepreneurship is not a guaranteed success. And it takes so much sacrifice, blood, sweat, tears. And I saw that with my parents and, you know, how much they had to work just to, Make the business function, and um, it it uh, it gave me the opportunity to see firsthand what entrepreneurship really meant. Because I think when I was thinking about starting my own company, it gave me a perspective on I know what this is going to take, and it uh-huh. is going to be hard. It is not going to be this glorious path to success that sometimes people think it is. You know, uh-huh. I think. Um, you have to go into it expecting failure. And that failure makes you stronger. And I think they are an inspiration to me because I've seen how they've built a whole life on top of the entrepreneurship and what they were able to provide for, for me. And it's just a good reminder to me every day that like, it's not meant to be easy. You know, it, it shouldn't be. Uh, but that's what's Allowed me to be resilient um, as an entrepreneur as well. So, really, it's a testament. My my success is really a reflection of what they've taught me my whole life.
0: That's awesome. What great role models. And um, the inspiration that they gave you so that you can succeed is huge because it does take that confidence that is instilled in you while you were a child right that you can do anything you want you're going to succeed you go- so i think parents are such big role models in um an entrepreneurs you know dream come true because they learn from them so i think that's that's really really good um that they inspired you and they're great role, role models for you so you are an amazing and very very successful leader in fintech uh, in closing, what advice would you give to a woman who's considering a career in the fintech industry? And of, of course, we want more women to come into that industry. So, what mm. can you what can you tell them?
1: You know, my advice generally um, is to be kind to yourself. I think um, I think women internalize failure a lot. We get told, "No, you can't do it. You're not good enough." the doors are constantly shutting in your face. You're in an environment where you feel like, I don't get it. I'm doing a good job. Why is that person getting promoted? I'm not getting promoted. Why didn't I get hired for that job? I have a great resume. And it's really easy for young women in particular to internalize it and think, okay, it's me. I'm not not any good at this. But I always challenge women to think, It's probably not you. You know, we still are coming up in a system and environment that hasn't changed in all the right ways that will allow us to succeed. And so I always say, be kind to yourself um, and have conviction in your own ideas and self-worth. Be a problem solver. You know, I really do hope more women come into the fintech industry, but also that the fintech industry opens its doors more to women because... You know, we said this in the beginning: you know, women are increasingly financial decision makers, such as for themselves, but for their households. And women need access to great financial services, whether it's investing, saving, real estate, whatever it might be. They need great financial advice, they need advisors who understand their unique needs and challenges. And there's still so much room not just in the US, but globally in countries and environments where women are still excluded from the financial services system. So there is still so much opportunity for great ideas to come into the finance and FinTech industry to to pull up women. And it's going to take women to come in with conviction and strength knowing, yeah, doors are gonna shut in your face. And I totally recognize that's not okay. But the more we can come into the industry with confidence and conviction, um, We can change that, and I I am really hopeful to see what kind of transformation the industry is going to go through over the next, you know, few decades, you know, things do innovate and change very quickly in today's day and age, and I hope that, you know, let's not lose hope, ladies, you know, it is going to be hard, and um, it's not going to be perfect, and I always say, like, for me personally, I always say, I'm not going to win at everything, But I have to forgive myself because I know that's the system that's been created for me as a working woman, and I have to succeed in spite of that. Uh Um, And I think that's really important for all women to keep in mind and not internalize that it's not you, it's what's around us. And the fact that we can even have this conversation and talk about these issues is a huge step forward. So I'm really excited about, you know, more women coming into this space generally.
0: That's great. And you know, um, I think we should be thinking of being ambassadors for that as we grow our companies as we hire people to think about that diversity and to bring more women in technology and fintech in all of the industries where they're underrepresented because you know sometimes we may think we can't make a difference, but each one of us, you know thinking about that and charging ourselves with being that ambassador can really make a difference together.
1: Absolutely. I really Um, believe in
0: that. Yeah, yeah. And so um, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they wanted to um, connect with you?
1: Oh yeah. Um, you can check out vested's uh, website. There's um, some contact information there which is um, www.fullyvested.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Vina s Kim. So hopefully you can give me a shout in either of those places.
0: That's great. Well Vina, this was such a pleasure, such an honor to have you on our show. Thank you so much and I thank you for having, to having me you again sometime soon.
1: Definitely.
0: Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week.
3: From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today such as microsoft 365 azure windows 10 and more as a podcast listener we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer receive 30 days of free access to our microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for it professionals or end users visit us at www directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.